Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Andrea Stevenson-Connor. Andrea is a change agent and strategic relationship builder. Through her success in global leadership roles spanning four countries, she promotes corporate social responsibility, cultural awareness, leadership development, and gender equity. As principal of Stevenson Connor Global Strategies, she is committed to advocating for the gender multiplier effect, the quantifiable ripple created when women and girls find their voices and become economically empowered. This results in healthier families, stronger communities, and ultimately accelerates the growth of the local, national, and global GDP. She is a thought leader on global citizenship and delivers messages to raise awareness of the challenges facing women's educational and equal opportunity advancement. Andrea holds a master's degree in global leadership from Duquesne University and a bachelor's degree in economics and business from Edinburgh University. She currently resides in Cary, North Carolina with her best friend and husband, Ed. She has two sons. Welcome to the show, Andrea. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Great. Well, let's get started. So can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Well, I'm, it's interesting that I'm on a podcast about technology because people would laugh. I'm sometimes even turning my computer on is a, a challenge for me. Um, <laughs> I don't close everything out, so I get yelled at for having too much open. But you know what? I kind of got where I am by seeing challenges as opportunities. We ended up moving um, eight times in 13 years across four countries, and so I felt like I was always having to reinvent myself mm -hmm. uh, in a new location and uh, started out in banking, which is where I met my husband, and then I worked in, I sold radio advertising, um, and then kind of shifted to the nonprofit sector and have been um, advocating for corporate social responsibility and the economic empowerment of women for a number of years. Um, in some of my foreign locations, um, I had the opportunity to work with UN Women in Beijing, and um, really came to understand um, where my passion and purpose lies around helping women find their voice. That's amazing. So you've been advising women and helping them find a voice. Can you share some stories on how you accomplished this? Sure. Um, you know, I, th I think first of all, you know, having that opportunity to be uncomfortable a lot mm -hmm. um, with moving from 
the United States to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, uh, then to Germany, and then to China, and um, you know, back and forth. I had that opportunity to being un- uncomfortable. It's kind of like being the new kid all the time, but being in the new kid where you don't look the same, mm-hmm. you don't speak the language, you don't understand the culture. And you know, prior to moving to Malaysia, I had never been outside the United States. So I got my first passport at the age of 36. And that was kind of an epiphany and aha moment where I was uncomfortable and then figured out how to lean in on my skills, um, which you're going to hear about probably a little bit later, um, called the Athena Leadership Principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother's an Athena Award recipient, and she taught me these eight principles of leadership just by watching her model that effort. And um, so I knew that if I could do it, that other women could. And I saw some met some amazing women um, in in uh, entrepreneurial positions in Southeast Asia um, in. Europe when we would travel a lot and it really taught me about the resiliency of women. Yeah, that's that's great to be comfortable being uncomfortable because that's when you grow and that's how you know you learn as well. Now, you you traveled quite extensively uh in these different countries. Was that based on jobs that took you there or what was the reason for moving to those countries? So my husband worked for an international organization that um, took us to these locations. So I had kind of the best of both worlds. And I would um, kind of see what challenges were wherever I was. And that became an opportunity for me to continue to learn and to give back uh, in those communities and develop programs um, be a part, be a, be able to be a change agent in those various locations. So um, I led an international school when we were in Germany and chaired the board, uh, led the building commit committee, and we built a state-of-the-art international school um, that became the Mac World Lab at that point in time when we were there. So it, it gave me some really great opportunities to be uncomfortable and find out um, how I could contribute to the greater good wherever I was. That's great. So your global experiences, how do you compare women in tech or just women in business in general from these other countries to the U.S.? What would you see that are big differences or are there many things that are just alike? That's a great question. I know when you, I think it depends on the generation, right? So my generation, um, we did not grow up with a a device in our hand. Um, And so, you know, learning to use that device along the way and, and the experience that technology brings. Well, the period of time that we were living abroad was when you were seeing, um, Apple products and smartphones um, really coming online. And what was fascinating when we were living in Southeast Asia in um, 2000, 2001 time period, 
kind of when the cell phones were coming out and I was changing my cell phone like I was changing my shoes. I could get a new cell phone, you know, every day. We're back mm -hmm. in the United States. We were still on cellular data um, and it was much slower mm -hmm. um, at that process. And so what I saw is in Southeast Asia that women there were, and people in general were so comfortable with technology. It was just mm -hmm. happening and changing so quickly that I think um, it created a lot of um, creativity and innovation. Now here in the US, we're, we're, we're catching up for sure. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so many of the emerging leaders um, and professionals come to universities in the United States so that process is catching up. But I do think there is an, an advantage that at least in China in particular, when we when we were there, I was, I was involved with emerging professional women and a or an entrepreneurial group called the Startup Grind, and I still follow um, them on the platform called WeChat. And so you can see where there's that thinking that they have it because it changes so fast. When we went back, we left there, let me think, we were there 2012 to 2016, and I would went back. Um, prior to COVID, and every time I would go go back to visit or to be a part of an initiative out there, the leaps that they had taken in technology were just fascinating. You know, we're just starting to get to where you can scan your phone at a checkout mm -hmm. counter here in the United States. Well, when I went back in 2017, they wouldn't even take my cash. They were like, do you have Alipay or WeChat Pay? So they have progressed through that so much faster than where we have in this country. So I, I think in some ways it gives them a bit of an edge um, because they're moving through it so quickly. Um, but I, I, I do think because of the education that we have in our country and the innovation uh, and the creative thinking that we provide in our educational systems uh, allows us to navigate through that quicker. That's great. Great, um, great thoughts and feedback on that area. Um, so you've had incredible success in your career. Um, and what do you attribute the success to? I understand the uncomfortable situations made you grow. But what else comes out, comes to mind when you say, you know, what do I attribute all this success to? Building relationships mm -hmm. and being engaged in fostering collaboration. I love nothing more than to get a group of people around a challenge and creating a solution. Um, I love know, there's so much that you can make happen when you do it collectively. And, and I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the smartest person in the room. There's always somebody that is so much better at technology or at communication skills or um, whatever piece you need to solve a problem. There's always somebody that is really good at that. And if we can find a way to work together mm -hmm. to solve the problem, a lot of times I've been told that I'm like the Pied Piper. I, you know, my strength comes in and knowing and seeing what the challenge is and how can we get the right people around the table and have that passion to complete something together and celebrate and, you know, solve something for 
the audience that's, or the people involved. That's great. I mean, I mean, that's a skill in itself to bring people, the right people around the table, right? So it's, it's great that you have that ability to form these relationships and networks so that when there is this challenge that you're trying to solve, you have the right people at the table. And I think that's tremendous skill to bring, you know, to bring out to be successful. So that's great. Well, and you think of all the amazing people that you get to meet. Yeah, then that's that's the fun of it, right? I mean, it absolutely is. Even even in the podcast, when I talk to different people, it's just so great. I learn so much from them. And then I listen to other podcasts and learn from their guests, you know, so it's always growing. It's great. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. Now, um, tell us more about Athena and the eight principles of leadership and, um, you know, what what you're doing around this for women. Sure. So... You know, as I said earlier, that uh, my mother's an Athena Award recipient out of Erie, Pennsylvania. So I often say that I was brainwashed with these principles uh, growing up, and and they're like a toolkit. Um, these eight principles of enlightened leadership that come intuitively to women. Not that doesn't mean that men don't have them, because men absolutely do have them, but they come naturally or intuitively to women because of all the roles um, that we play in society. Um, you know, living authentically, learning constantly, advocating fiercely, fostering collaboration, building relationships, uh, courageous acts, giving back and celebrate are the eight principles. And Athena was uh, founded in 1982. It's a nonprofit that is committed to supporting, developing, and honoring women leaders. So having that um, toolkit and the passion around supporting women has been something that I've really loved being involved with. When you um, talk about women in technology, um, my experience with working with UN Women when I was in Beijing back in, what would that have been, 2016, that was kind of where I learned about the fourth industrial revolution and how it was going to move women backwards. Mm -hmm. And so I felt that passion and I wanted women to have a voice and to be able to be involved in, in our future. I didn't want to see things going backwards. And so I had this great opportunity leading Athena International uh, to work with another nonprofit called the WIT Network and to develop an emerging leaders program that will help women in technology find their voice. And I'm so thrilled that you had the opportunity to be in one of the early cohorts. So I had the opportunity to kind of see what that vision looked like. You know, how do you 
help women find their voice so that they can take their career journey or life journey to wherever they, they want to go. And to know that they're not alone is, I think, the big, the big piece. Yeah, to be part of a cohort and to build those relationships. Again, we talked about how important building relationships is um, in your career, in your network, in growing your skill set, all of those things. That cohort, um, you know, that I was part of really brought new friendships and created everlasting bonds. I think, you know, for you to know there's somebody there. Uh, who is there to support you. So that is such a great program. I got to experience it, and um, I'm so happy that it's a continuous program. I think you're on, what cohort are you on now? So seven and eight are going through the process right now and just about ready to wrap up. And I think number nine and 10 will be starting uh, relatively soon. So we're cohorts of 22 to 25 women from across mm-hmm. the technology sector mm-hmm. and what's really um, amazing is it's not just uh, domestically in the United States but international so it helps to kind of create that understanding across cultures which I think is so important that was one of the key things that for me having that passport and to witness women in other cultures how they are navigating their lives and um, to see the courage that women have when mm-hmm. goals that they need. So, you know, the first principle is living authentically. What, what kind of advice can you give our listeners on living authentically? What can they do to be more authentic, be more vulnerable? Um, like we were talking earlier, we always want everything to be perfect. We, you know, consistently judge ourselves and we're never good enough. But what what advice do you have on living authentically? I, th- I mean, the first part is, you know, giving yourself permission to uh, show up as your authentic self. So what are your true passions and, and drivers? And, you know, we're seeing a lot of that um, in communications now that is coming out and, um, organizations with their diversity, equity, and inclusion programs allowing a culture where people can show up as them as their authentic self. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the midst of a certification from uh, Cornell University on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and and the not just the people from different industries that are also going through that program as well. At this point in time, there's a lot of conversation about making a culture where individuals can show up as their authentic selves. And so, you know, my advice to you, you can't continue to not show up as yourself. Mm -hmm. It eventually is going to wear you down. You're eventually, it's almost like you're acting in, in a, in a role in your career or in your home. If you're not showing up as your authentic self, it eventually wears you down. You're not as innovative. You're not creative. You're not um, do, showing up as the best that you can be if you're not living authentically. So I think it's fun. You know, maybe you have to inch your way into it. You know, if mm-hmm. you feel like you can't show up at work or in your life with what you're truly passionate about, 
maybe find an outside outlet, uh, an art class or uh, a dance class or meditation that gives you an opportunity to start trying on showing up and being who you authentically are. And as our work environments and places start to allow for um, that authentic conversation, of course, you always have to be kind. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe sometimes your authentic self wants to yell, <laughs> but it's really important to always be be kind and you know be true to be true to your word. Um, don't uh, make assumptions about what people are thinking. You know, have a conversation and um, find out. It could just be something that you're a perception that you're taking. Mm-hmm. what is really authentically that other individual is authentically thinking or doing. That's great. And I loved when you started out to say, give yourself permission to be authentic. Because sometimes we don't do that. We always feel we have to be somebody to others that they want us to be, you know. And so I love that permission piece. So that's great. Um, so, Andrea, you love golf. So tell us about Leadership Rally. <laughs> so thank you for asking about that. So I'm actually in the midst of, you know, as a learning con- constantly and living authentically myself, I'm in the midst of a leadership program through our local chamber of commerce. And one of the things each of us, we are put into these cohorts. So I got a chance to be in a cohort just like you, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And um, we have to do a community service project. So our project was to create a event called for like the golfing word for F-O-R-E, her future. And it was a mentoring golf tournament that we brought together established professionals in the market with emerging female students from a program called the first tee. That's the nonprofit that we decided to partner with. And we had a fabulous day golfing with these young women and oh my gosh they could hit the golf ball incredibly yeah. well but yeah. on each, we had we took turns where the mentors and the mentees asked a question while we played golf together the feedback has just been phenomenal so there's just so many opportunities to be able to um, take advantage of uh, sport and to be mentoring an emerging leader I love that. What a great concept and nothing better to be on the golf course, fresh air and, Absolutely. and you can be yourself. And I love that. That's great. And if the, if the young person hits the ball farther than you, you just celebrate her success. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, in my case, she definitely would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm consistently straight, but not far enough. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So you've traveled a lot. You've you've got, you know, a lot of countries under your belt. What is the most favorite place you've traveled to and why? Mm, Good question. You know what? I loved them all for (laughs) a variety of reasons. I have to say that I really enjoyed um, China because of the, just the, the deep culture that is there 
And there's so much, you know, we're, we're hearing so much about China in the news and the rise of, of China. But to understand the background and the history of the country and the young women that I met mm-hmm. was phenomenal. During that period of time that we lived there, I worked with a nonprofit called the World Academy for the Future of Women. And uh, by the time my husband and I left, we had hosted about 40 emerging women leaders in our Shanghai apartment mm. program was out in rural China in Henan province. And they were um, all getting ready to you know, take that next step from university, from student to career professional. Mm-hmm. And they knew that they were going to have to potentially go to a big city like Shanghai uh, for their career profession. And so we um, helped them set up internships and job shadow experiences. So we say that we left, we had 40 Chinese daughters mm-hmm. checked in with. I actually started with Mother's Day coming around the corner. I, start, I started getting messages about, you know, Happy Mother's Day. Um, so it's, it was, I think I, I left my heart there in China because I made such amazing connections and relationships. Mm-hmm. I love that. And yeah, when you have the connections, the relationships, the experiences, that's exactly what makes you love any place that you've been. You know, I always say our best vacations or the best restaurants always are chosen as the best ones because we've had some great experiences there. And um, I love that. I actually mentored a Chinese girl that was going through graduate school. And it was so fulfilling because like you said, there's so much culture and history, um, you know, there that you learn more than you're giving, you're learning at the same time. And so I loved that. And, you know, the other thing about that period of time that we were there, that the Chinese economy was just growing by leaps and bounds. And so you would go, you know, maybe travel, for two weeks and come back and there'd be like a whole new building up and just the speed that it was um, evolving was really fascinating to see and it's when um, a lot of the social media apps were coming online and the bicycle apps where you could, um, I think Lime is the one here in the US, they had some different ones and uh, ride hailing apps, those were all things that were coming out at that point in time so I felt like we were kind of in the epicenter when all this new innovation and technology was happening and I'm sure it still is but it just kind of really stuck in my mind about um, how creative and innovative things can be yeah and how fast moving yeah that's great this was so fun I could talk to you forever it seems like Um, but you know in closing, what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in technology or maybe even a global career where they're thinking of maybe going out of the country at some point? What um, advice would you give her? I would say just do it. Yep. Do it and, you know, and embrace the opportunity. Realize that you're, you may not know perfectly um, that you're going to, there's always opportunities to learn. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Right now, with the World Economic Forum is telling us with the rise of machine learning and um, automation, that a huge number, 50, I'm sorry, 85 million jobs will be eliminated 
by the year 2025. Wow. At the same time, they expect 97 million new jobs will be created that are all technology-based. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it means that you have to be a coder. There, I mean, if you think about it, they're everywhere you go when you go to the grocery store. You're using technology to check out now. So there are lots of ways to be ingrained in technology. Just, you know, choosing to be curious and take training programs that uh, help you learn that new technology. I love that. Great advice. Great advice. Um, You know, today, 56%, this is U.S. statistic, 56% of jobs are taken by women, but only 16% are women in technology. So we really want to help grow and bridge that gap because like you said technology is everything it doesn't have to be coding it's everywhere and in everything from our refrigerators to our lamps to our you know outlets everything has technology today so there's so many different facets of technology that um our listeners or women can be interested in and like you said just do it learn and follow your passion. Yeah. And, you know, women, you need, just bring your unique skills that you as a woman can to the opportunity. And mm-hmm. that's so good at, you know, building relationship and, and being compassionate and be compassionate to that person next to you that may be not so good at technology and, you know, share your skills and bring, bring it along. Great. Yep. Great advice. And I loved you, what you said before was just always be kind. Sometimes you might not want to be kind, but always be kind. <laughs> be kind. Yes. Well, Andrea, this was such a pleasure. Can you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Sure. Um, I'm, LinkedIn is always a great place to find me. It's Andrea Stevenson, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-O-N, Connor. Or my website is Stevenson Connell Connor Global Strategies. Great. Well, thank you, Andrea. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and I hope to have you on a future show sometime. I would love that. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end-users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.